Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry to include world championship winning rubs. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cookshack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at cookshack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at barbecuekansascity.com, and that's barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. Hi, this is Jeff Richards, Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We're broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Some of you may know it as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. That's how I know it. Hey, I'm your program host, Greg Rippey. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you've always wanted to get in contact with the show to add your two cents, but you just haven't figured out how to do it yet, let me give you some information so you can accomplish said goal. And, okay, all right, you got to take the line off mute in order for it to work. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. It is the second Tuesday of the month. So, you know, that's going to bring the regular visit from the second Tuesday of the month guest, the creator of AmazingRibs.com, the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth. It is indeed Meathead Goldwyn. 
914 and 935. We will be ballyhooing about said topics, potentially sous vide, maybe. Definitely green chili cheeseburgers. Definitely a breaking news story, especially if you're not a subscriber to the PitCast. That was broke two weeks ago, but we'll talk about it here on this show for everybody else. We will also talk about last month's potentially, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Scandal comes to mind, but of course it's not. I don't mean scandal, but the um, uh, the underpinnings of when Max Good said that he took a trip courtesy of Myron Mixon and his gang of manufacturers paid by them to do a review. And that draw the ire of some folks through social media channels, especially on Twitter. And that, of course, caused Meathead to make up a whole new junket page on the Amazing Ribs website. So we will rehash all of that. We'll decide if what they did with Myron Mixon in hindsight, of course, everything looks better or worse in hindsight. That's why it's called hindsight. Was a good idea, was a bad idea, and how they've set themselves up going forward to avoid any perceptions. That's what it was, too, I believe. There was a perception that there was some kind of inability to be biased because the trip's expenses were paid for. I completely disagree with that take, by the way, as I had talked about on the show after the fact that following Tuesday, but we'll talk to Meathead about that. And a number of other topics as time allows, plus your Facebook questions that I posted earlier. That's Meathead Goldwyn in his usual first hour of the second Tuesday of the month. And then we'll move on to the second hour where we will find an interview with somebody who I have watched for potentially decades, read his books, seen him on TV. He actually was just recently hired by AmazingRibs.com to be their excess, official accessories tester. So we'll talk to him about that. But recently, he was the Embedded Operation Barbecue Relief Correspondent for AmazingRibs.com down in Texas. So we'll talk to him about what he was doing down there, get his recap, see if there's any look forward to Florida. It is barbecue legend Rick Brown on the Barbecue Central Show, believe it or not. That's right, Rick Brown. And then at 1035, we were going to be talking about beer and barbecue, but... The hurricane had other ideas, and my guess that it was lined up for 1035 through the power being out and all this other. Basically, he was just coming up online a handful of hours ago. There's no way that I was going to press him for it's now or never, so we'll reschedule. It was going to be Matt Boer talking about beer, beer nerds, different kinds of beer, flavor profiles of beer, and how they match up with barbecue. We will reset him for a week or two out from now. However, we will. Go ahead and talk to a barbecue lover, a grill lover, and a real proponent of electric barbecue pits, Bill West. Formerly of Great TV, maybe not formally, just I don't think they're pumping out new episodes. You can see those on Outdoor Cooking Channels as well with uh, Jack Waybor. So that's your lineup for this evening, plus your phone calls and emails, 216-220-0966, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. All right, so for the third week in a row, I am going to open with this. If you are feeling like you need to give to an organization because of the weather events that have happened over the last three weeks, please consider at a high rate 
OperationBarbecueRelief.org. Please give whatever you can. And don't get involved with this stuff that I'm seeing online recently about which relief organization is doing this and which relief organization is doing that and how much of your money is really trickling down, blah, blah, blah. If you're helping in some form or fashion, and I'm not even affected in Cleveland, Ohio by national uh, natural disaster, I am appreciative of anybody and any organization that is helping out right now. But I can tell you that Operation Barbecue Relief is providing meals to first responders, providing meals to people that are displaced after the first responders are fed. We had the chief marketing operations officer on the show last week talking about exactly how they operate and where your money is going. And that's what they need. Now, a few days removed, Irma blowing through Florida. A lot of people underwater, a lot of trees and homes and streets flooded, ruined, ripped apart and or otherwise. Some people feeling like they dodged a bullet. In any event, there are people and first responders and displaced folks that are going to need to eat because power, what was the last count? Six and a half million people or five and a half million people without power in Florida. And that doesn't count for the surrounding states that were hit. My parents left Bradenton, Florida, which was on target to be one of the hardest hit. I don't think it actually ended up getting smoked as bad as anywhere was predicting as bad as it was going to be. But they beat feet up to Macon, Georgia. Eventually, they got up there. And over the weekend, power went out there, too, because the storm was driving right through the state on up to those that surrounded. So you could see it. It was being covered 24-7 by all the major news networks. The fools were out there in hurricane force winds, Category 3, Category 2, Category 1 winds, showing you exactly what it looked like. I still don't understand why they have to do a report in the middle of the hurricane. If there's a cement wall between you and the hurricane, step up. It You are no less of a man or woman to me if you're a meteorologist, if you're standing in front of the wall blocking the wind so I can hear you, or if you are out in the teeth of the storm. In fact, if you're not in the teeth of the storm and something is being blown by the wind and that cement wall keeps it from sticking in your head or neck, I appreciate that too. I would imagine your family might appreciate that. It is still baffling to me that people will put themselves in this situation each and every time, and I get it, especially for the folks that are in Naples and Marco Island and Miami and wherever the hell they had all these people stationed and were out in the middle of the storm. If you have left town or maybe you're hunkered down and you're not able to really see what's happening outside, you get an idea of what the real-life weather and the real-time weather is the place that you live, or at least in that general area. So you have some type of an idea to start formulating, well, it might be this bad whenever I get back. And people were, it seemed, while there was a huge exodus, it seemed like there was a lot of people that decided to stay as well. So, you know, we'll get into that a little bit more in the second hour. But if you have any money to spare, OperationBarbecueRelief.org is the place you want to go somebody that I support uh, by myself and on my own, but also have people here on this show to promote as well. 
Now, don't forget, if you're going to be local to Cleveland coming up this weekend on September 16th in Hartville, Ohio, I will be the host slash MC of the Grill Fest at Hartville Hardware. That is the country's largest hardware store. There's going to be a couple local chefs doing some cooking demonstrations. There's going to be a chicken grill off starting at 8 o'clock, awards around 2 or 2.30. Danielle Bennett, a.k.a. DivaQ, will also be there doing a live demo. John Solberg will be taking part in the chicken contest. So looking forward to meeting John for the first time in person, a loyal centralite, helping out the show in many ways that perhaps you don't know. So if you're going to be around that general area, come on down to Hartville. Happy to meet you, take a picture, sign autographs, kiss babies. I have a very powerful handshake, so please don't take offense if I crush your metatarsals and carpals and associated distal phalanxes. I don't mean it. I just have a really aggressive handshake. All right, folks, are you looking to turn up your barbecue skills this summer? If so, you're going to need to get your hands on the most advanced ceramic cooker and high-tech barbecue accessory to hit the market. Of course, we're talking about the all-new Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition and CyberQ Cloud Controller. Recently launched by the Barbecue Guru, this is the world's first temperature-controlled ceramic cooker and grill with a built-in power draft fan that's going to give you the easiest and most successful barbecue experience currently available on the market. Nay, ever. These must-have new products will make barbecuing easier than ever before and will be your new secret weapon for cooking delicious food each and every time. Consistency, that's what we talk about. Ready to buy? Of course. Head on over to bbqguru.com and grab them up while they last, and they are going fast, I might add. If you have any questions about what to order, please call them at 800-288-GURU. Or again, visit their website, bbqguru.com. Now, you don't have to get the CyberQ Cloud controller if you don't want to. The draft fan is there. All you need is some type of a controller to hook it up to. So if you already have a DigiQ2 or a pass model like a CyberQ, maybe you have the CyberQ Wi-Fi, you can just hook it right up. Away it goes. It's built into the cooker. First one of its kind. Head on over to the bbqguru.com or 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. I don't know if you know it or not, but the Indians are going for 20 in a row. If you follow Major League Baseball, I know I do. We'll be back with Meathead Goldwyn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Hey, 
welcome back. The 2017 Grant program was a raging success this year from Smithfield. So, if you want your event to be considered for 2018, head to smokingwithsmithfield.com. That's smokingwithsmithfield.com. No G on the end. Smoking. You can apply for the 2018 Grant program. Don't get left out. Applications being taken until October 25th. Don't miss out. It's going to be a great time. (laughs) John Dawson weighing in. Rems, please don't make us suffer through yet another sous vide discussion. We get it. It's the current cool lava lamp of cooking, but it's old news. Old news. Nobody knows about it. I don't think he's here, but hold on. Yes, he's here. Meathead, yes, you're there? He's here. You are? I am here. I am standing. Are you, are you in transit? I am standing in front of Route 66 Del Rio's Chicken Basket, what? one of the classic old Route 66 fried chicken joints. And it was a little slow getting service tonight, so I never got back on time. So I will just sit out in front of Del Rio's Chicken Basket and have our conversation here. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're, you're on that- remote, as it were. I am on remote. I am on location. This is this is this is one of these old Route 66 restaurants. It's been here forever, and um, uh, they used to do all their fried chicken in cast iron pans. They have finally gone to deep fryers, but it's just really good fried chicken and slaw and fries, and it's just a a classic. I took a picture of the sign as the sun was setting tonight. I wish I could send it to you. I might be able to send it to can, you. Can you uh, can you start your camera and we can see it or no? I could, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. How, how, I'm on an iPhone here. Let's see. I often wonder. You there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. I just hit this, the camera button. All right. Video. I'll probably. It says Skype video. Are you seeing anything? I see a character of a meathead Goldwood. No, okay. Hmm. I thought I hit the ca- the camera button. Let's see. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. All right. I can enter my passcode. To turn the camera on? Jeez. There we go. Uh, I, I don't see anything yet, but... Stand by. I, I see you. You do? Now, how do I show you Del Ria's... We got about thirty seconds uh, more no. of this, and then we're gonna dump it. Oh, or you're gonna Uh-oh. dump me? That's it for Meathead, ladies and gentlemen. Get that big stuff out of here. <laughs> Meathead is in. Did he say Del Rio's? Is that the name of it? Wow. I'm gonna guess that wherever he is probably doesn't have sufficient bandwidth to provide decent audio, and also give you a video look. It's amazing to me that we are in a era where technology is so rapidly changing and continually evolving that we still don't have Wi-Fi connectability that is, you know, eight gigs up and eight gigs down. It should should be crazy, but it's not. I just don't get it. Maybe I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. Hold on a second. Let's uh, get you right over here. I got the camera pointed in the wrong direction, though. See, that was Meathead. How do I... Turn the damn thing around. There should be a little button that uh, you, you hit and it whirls it around, isn't there? Like a little camera thing with arrows or no? 
Well, I'm just turning around this way. There you there go. go. Look at this guy. And this is making everybody a, dizzy out I there. Know. Chicken fat. Chicken basket. Chicken basket. Cocktail just a lounge. Classic old Route 66 fried chicken joint. And this is uh, suburban uh, Chicago. Yeah, it's well, you know, Route 66 starts in Chicago and goes all the way to L.A. I didn't know that. And just west of uh, Chicago um, is old Route 66. It's been replaced by a major highway. But the old Route 66 still runs alongside the highway. And there's a few of these classic Route 66 joints all the way from here to L.A. And this is one of them. Huh. And uh, just a fun place. All right. Well, we're talking with Meathead Goldwyn. He is... Uh, whoa, what is going on with that picture over there? Woof. Well, Hold on. I'm... No, just, I, I had a... I had an issue with my Skype trying to catch up to your picture. Never mind. Okay, so here we go. Two weeks ago, we were I, I was doing a show for your uh, pitcast, as you would recall, yeah. and we were talking about uh, certain items, and one of those items was the fact that, you know, recently, I don't know if you remember or not, Meathead, but you had a New York Times best-selling cookbook. I don't know if you remember that or not. That sounds vaguely familiar. And it was like, wow, this is a lot of work, and it took forever to get done, and blah, blah, blah. And here's here's my thought. It's a, it's a labor of labor, possibly a little bit of a labor of love. It saw really good success in the end, which is the most important part. And you get away from it a little bit. You're like, God, you know what I'd like to do again after you sat here and told me on air and I could probably dig the tape that you would yeah, never man, write another book. I told book. you if, I, if, I, if you heard of me writing another book, right. you were authorized to hunt me down and shoot me. Yes. So while I am on my way to suburban Cleveland loaded to the teeth and hunting mm-hmm. for bear, you might have a, a barbecue exclusive news show. update. Exclusive news update. <laughs> Here we go. Reporting live from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. I am Greg Rempe, and we're throwing it live to Meathead Goldwyn in Chicago, Illinois, for this breaking news. Take it away, Meathead. Oh, God, breaking news. The publisher made me an offer I can't refuse. We have another book coming down the pike. Yeah, Uh I'm afraid we have. I'm afraid we have another book in the works. Now, the, the last one was called Meathead, the Science of great barbecue and gr- gr- grilling. Right. So can you guess what the next one is? Meathead, no science, doing it willy-nilly. <laughs> uh, guess again. Um, meathead, the art of great barbecue and grilling. Bing, 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 bing. Really? <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah. We're, right. we're going to do recipes that nobody's ever heard of, that nobody's ever tasted, that nobody's ever tried. We're going to... We're going to have fun. We're going to try to get creative. I hope people don't divorce me and hate me, but we're just going to try using um, uh, fusion, uh, mixing uh, Asian with Italian and Spanish with uh, um, French and uh, just uh, mixing up fun flavors and just grilling and smoking and uh, doing all kinds of fun stuff. One of the, one of the first dishes we did... Um, is we took oysters and smoked them. Then I wrapped them in puff pastry. I put a little sliver of candied lemon on top of the oyster, then wrapped it in puff pastry Mm. and smoked that. And these are the most incredible poppers, um, like little finger foods. 
smoked oysters in Puffet. I call them Oysters Wellington. Mm. They're just brilliant. Um, and we're going to do fun stuff like that. We're going to go way outside, way outside the box. So at its core, it is a base of live fire barbecue grilling. Oh, and then yeah, you're just diverging from what would be the norm and instead going crazy fusion, mixing this, mixing that, stuff that you mm-hmm. maybe haven't heard of often and putting that out for sale. What I'd like to do is challenge my friends, my readers um, to try new ingredients, um, work with things like sesame oil and hoisin sauce and um, puff pastry and... Uh, um, uh, maybe expand their pantry a little, um, and, uh, um, do things that don't necessarily involve bacon <laughs> and, uh, and, and just, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about the introduction is going to, uh, you know, one of the things you may not know about me is I actually did my master's in art and, uh, I want to talk about creativity and innovation and art and not just presentation but uh, talk to painters and musicians and find out where they get their inspiration and chefs where they get their inspiration and try to try to help folks cook with inspiration um not just follow a recipe but you know do like they do on iron chef open the fridge and see what's in Mm -hmm. there and figure out how to make a great meal out of it do you think at all, Meathead, that this millennial generation has forced all of us to re-examine the way we're cooking and to take chances and to do this fusion stuff? Because, and I'm making an extreme speculatory generalization here, but 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I don't know if there was as much interest in what meat or vegetable we were eating or where it was coming from or how it was raised. We just wanted it to be on the plate and we would eat it. And the man was cooking outside. The woman was cooking inside and dinner was at five. And there was all these old rules like it was coming up Mm -hmm. perhaps when you were young, when I was young, blah, blah, blah. But now you have a new millennial generation that does seem to be involved and very concerned, perhaps only cursorily, of where their meat and vegetables are coming from and they want to cook dinner and be a better cook, not necessarily a chef, and experience wine with this to bring out the taste. Where, as I had said 10 or 12 years ago, that didn't seem to be the case. Do you think that they are helping move the food movement forward for everybody? I think you just wrote the forward to the book. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I think that, I mean, I, I wasn't thinking of millenniums as we propose the book uh, concept. Sure, sure. But yeah, it, it does make sense that it. Look at, I'm 68 years old, and when I was a kid, I didn't know anything about cooking. To me, a, 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 a great splurge was we went out for Chinese or a pizza. Um, uh, you know, there was no Food Network. Um, uh, there weren't many you know, food magazines and it, you know, there wasn't a culinary society. Uh, uh, restaurants were pretty rote, uh, pretty, uh, basic. And, uh, I think this world today, we know a lot more about food, not just where it came from, but how to cook it. And we go out for, di- I just went out for dinner last night too. And th- I had a piece of salmon, 
on this poblano cream sauce. And goodness gracious, that poblano cream sauce was fabulous. Mm. How do you make that? I guarantee there'll be a poblano cream sauce in this book. Because with, with grilled salmon, it was just stunning. And that's kind of the things we want to do. We want to modernize. The last book covered the regular barbecue cannon. Ribs, chicken, brisket. Um, and uh, I, I would like to bust out of the box. I hope somebody buys this book. <laughs> you know, I mean, this, this could be a big flop. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to have fun doing it. Um, I, I, I swore if I was going to do a book, I'd have fun with it. Email coming in from John Dawson. Remps, I look oh, forward God. to enjoying <laughs> I look forward to enjoying Meathead's next book just in time for the next solar eclipse. <laughs> I kid, of course, but that leads me to a pivotal uh, pivotal question as we were talking about the first book and it was ongoing and you know, I gotta do this, I still gotta do that, mm. we're running behind, blah blah blah. And I think for those of us that have no idea how the writing process works and what it's like to work with a publisher, we don't know the inner workings. But, I mean, is this something that we would expect within a year, five years? When yeah, would we yeah, maybe yeah, see it? And you, you're, you're always on me about that. We're not but pinning here, you right, down. Just a general idea. We signed the contract in June. Yep. I'm collaborating. Last book, I collaborated with Professor Blonder, the, uh, the physicist and food scientist. This book I'm collaborating with a woman named Bridget Binns. She's written 23 cookbooks, mm. um, uh, many of them for William Sonoma. She's a really creative uh, uh, cook. She's very experienced, and she really knows outdoor grilling. She's done a lot of ghost writing for some famous barbecue cooks that I can't mention their name. But um, uh, she's a lot of fun, and her name will be on the cover with mine. And um, we're we started... Um, twice a week for an hour and a half uh, per meeting and just started with, okay, beef. What do we want to do with beef? Well, let's list some cuts. All right, so how about some cuts that people don't often use? Mm. Okay, um, what can we do with this cut? How do we make this really interesting, unusual? What kind of flavors do we like with it? Um, what kind of sauces would work? And uh, we just worked out, and these conversations are really stimulating um an hour and a half of just brainstorming this is what i think happens in the really great restaurant kitchens where the chef and the sous chef they all sit around and say well what are, what are we going to do for our spring menu and uh, it's 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 very creative and it's very stimulating and uh um, i hope to write about the creative process and the stimulation that comes with it and uh, maybe inspire some of uh, your listeners and my readers to get outside the box, you know, try um, ribs in a Tuscan style or a uh, mm. Spanish style or an Asian style. And um, so the, the time frame is we signed the contract in June um, and we're going to finish the recipe list um, in the next week. So September. Um, and uh, then we're going to start writing the recipes between now and and um, uh, spring. Uh, now, she's in Paso Robles in Southern California, so she can start cooking right away. Yeah. I'm going to run out of weather pretty soon. But I, I have to turn in the first half of the book, which will be uh, a, a lot of the uh, discussion stuff, non-recipe, by May. And then um, we'll both be cooking all through spring and summer and starting in August um photography and uh i 
I, I did all 400 or so photographs in the last book. I fired myself for this book. <laughs> if art is in the title, then we've got to have really great art uh, photographs. So we'll, we'll hire a really top-notch food photographer, and um, uh, they'll, they should be beautiful pictures. And uh, so photography would start around this time next year, and then we turn in the final draft in spring 2019, for publication in spring 2020. That's wow. the timetable. All right, so we got a couple years uh, or so on it uh, just for yeah. now, and we'll see how it goes from here. Let's hope I live that long. Of course, let's hope we all live that long. <laughs> Is there any trepidation on your part, and we're just talking between you and me here, of course, the first book was such a hit, perhaps it exceeded even your expectations and the publisher's expectations, but you've gained a lot of celebrity friends like a Harry Connick Jr. and so forth yeah. who are hitting you up all the time for information. When you are now aimed down the barrel of a second book, do you worry that I here's the here's where the benchmark is now I have to meet or surpass that? Do you is that gonna yeah. be a weight on your shoulders? I don't think this will. No? I don't think this will. I think that the first book was I don't want to use the superlatives, but I think we covered a lot of territory that hadn't been covered before, and we covered it fairly well. And it's the kind of thing that a lot of people were craving for, even though they didn't know it. And it received—I mean, we've sold over a hundred thousand copies in the first year. Um, so I don't think this topic is as appealing to the masses as the first book was. Are you surprised that people still want to thumb their nose at science? Uh, I haven't seen much of that. Like people I, still want to... You wanna... know, I did actually, now that you mention it, Greg, I listened to one of your roundtables where right. they were talking about um, grilling steaks. And you, you and I were on the same uh, songbook. But some of them didn't get it, and it sounded like surprising to me that some of them didn't understand the concept of. You there? Uh, I am here. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you, you sound you sound much worse all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. Hold. Yeah, my wife just came out of the restaurant, and I'm now in the car. And oh, you switched to Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Uh huh. Safety I, first. I need to turn. Uh, can you hear me all right? Uh, it just sounds like you're a robot. Yeah, well, let's see if I can turn off the Bluetooth. <laughs> Stand by. All right. Uh, Bluetooth on, Bluetooth. Oh, that sounds How's like that? a That's a winner right there. Love it. Okay. So they were thumbing their nose, or they didn't get the concept at least. Yeah, well, you, you, you led that discussion, and... Uh, they just didn't understand the concept of Maillard reaction, and browning is a surface uh, treatment that makes flavor, and uh, that uh, an all-over edge-to-edge brown is more desirable than grill marks. And, uh, you know, they just didn't get that. So, yeah, I mean, I think in general we're in a very technological society, and in general people do want to know what goes on when heat hits meat. They do want to know the science. Um, but, you know, there are some folks who are still deniers. <laughs> yeah, and there's just no other way to say it. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show. Uh, Meathead, stand by. We're going to do a quick read here and get caught up. 
He'd yeah. have to, don't switch over your Bluetooth back to the car. No, I'm in the car now. All right. I, I'm, I'm sorry to do this to you. That's but, all right. Uh, you stand by, yeah. and uh, we'll get right back to you. Don't ever let it happen again. All right. I'm going to talk to you quickly about the 2015, 16, and 17 barbecue tool of the year, the CHOPS Power Injector System. Here's the deal. If you've been injecting with one single needle for your entire barbecue life, you probably don't know any better. So let me offer you a suggestion or a tip that especially if you're going to be seeing some type of volume or you just want to get a few minutes back in your life that you would be wasting otherwise injecting. And I'm not saying that having four needles to inject is better than one, but to me, you can do it and it can be four times quicker. You have a couple different options to choose from. You have a half-gallon tank. You have a one-gallon tank. Both of these operate under pressure like a bug sprayer, if you will, or a commercial sprayer. So you put your injections in there however much you want. It doesn't have to be filled all the way up. And then you administer by a little push button, and it's got four equally spaced injectors that hit the meat. You can do it to briskets. You can do it to pork butts, ribs if you're careful, chicken, of course. You can even inject other things besides meat if you want with different stuff like alcohol or sugar juice, honey water, you name it. And it will inject it all. Then if you're a big time caterer or restaurant owner and you want something that has a pickup tube that you can put in tanks, you want the full power chops injector system. They range anywhere between 100 bucks up to 325 bucks. You place shipping on everything. A lot of cool stuff comes with each version. So if you visit BarbecueKansasCity.com, that's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, BarbecueKansasCity.com, you can check out all the info that they got there. They're all made in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. You can also, if you are in there, in that city, you can visit Dan Uladal's Barbecue Shop, Chops Barbecue. It's fabulous. You'll wonder how you ever got along with one needle. We're back with Meathead Goldwyn right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Ready to get on the air. Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. This portion of the show being brought to you by GreenMountainGrills.com. Manufacturers some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. But my favorite thing right now is the pizza insert. If you have a Daniel Boone, if you have a Jim Bowie, get the pizza insert. It's like 125 bucks. You can find it at a Green Mountain Grill dealer. Make the Neapolitan pies. I set my cooker at 300 degrees, 310 degrees, so I'm about 600, 620 on the stone. That's what works best for me, but you can jack it up as high as you want to go, of course. We will be experimenting with steak in that pizza oven here shortly because of the high temperatures. Oh, that's going to be fun. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And, of course, we're talking with Meathead Goldwyn here. Uh, Meathead, let's wrap the book up real quick. Uh, Any other items that you want to talk about before we move on to a different topic no that we we covered it pretty well and i gotta jump in and say i have used that chops injector that you were just talking about yep. 
And that is one bear of a machine. Oh, it's it is the best. really impressive. Very nice. Um, I was at an event uh, where we had a whole bunch of briskets to cook, and uh, man, it made quick work of them. It was uh, really, really pretty cool. It is one of those things where, as I was saying in the read, that if you've only been using one needle and perhaps you thought that was the most efficient, as soon as you try the chops the first time, it's a revelation. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to be careful as you back it out. <laughs> That you don't get squirted in the eye. That's right. That can be a problem, depending on, <laughs> especially depending on what you're injecting. All right, so it's Meathead a, Goldwyn has a new book coming out, The uh, the Art of Barbecue and Grilling. So we'll be looking it. for that. 2020s. Hold your breath. All right. Hold, yes, hold your breath and hold it long. One of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about tonight, in a couple weeks, of course, I have the Max Good segment. The last month he was on, we were talking about the Myron Mixon H2O Cookers. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, something arose just through conversation that uh, you've now had to to deal with to a certain degree, and I, I've actually weighed in on it on my own accord mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's what I do and that's my show. But uh, and, and just to quickly paraphrase the conversation, Max was talking about getting out to Connecticut or wherever it was to look at these and that the manufacturer and Myron had flown Max out on their dime to do a review. And on its fa- and I, honestly, Meathead, I think if he would have left it at that, I don't even know if there would have been anything to uh, to talk about, or people would have just kind of left it alone, and it, I don't know if anything would have happened. But then he went out of his way to say, I don't know if we're going to do that again, and we made an exception for Myron, and then, of course, that uh, has to have me ask questions of, well, why would you do it for one guy and not another guy? Why don't you just do it and be upfront with everybody? You know, i got to ask all these questions. And my- yeah, no, you you um, you uh, caused us to in- investigate or inspect a policy that we hadn't really uh, worked our way through. But they're called junkets, and it's an old uh, procedure that's been around since the beginning of time. And that is manufacturers, wineries, distilleries pay to have reporters come visit them and write and hopefully write nice things about them. And uh, it's common, uh, especially in uh, the web world, the internet world, especially among bloggers who are you know, part-timers and on limited budgets. And um, it's uh, an ethical issue. And uh, major newspapers, major magazines have policies against junkets. And when Mixon came to Maxon, offered him the uh, the trip, uh, he and I had a lengthy discussion about it, and usually our policy is is we need to have the cooker on our premises so we can cook with it on our terms right. and experiment with it, but theirs are really expensive cookers. They're really uh, big. They have a variety of them, uh, like you know four or five models, and we've also heard that their manufacturing facility is really impressive and state-of-the-art. So I gave Max permission to go, and after your show, and it, um, we we reexamined the issue, um, and decided that uh, that's a bad policy, and we reimbursed the Myron Mixon people for the airfare and the hotel, and wrote a policy that no more junkets, and that is, I think, unique among the barbecue publications and websites that. Uh, from now on, if we have to go see something, we we pay our own way. And, uh, you know, we have bought grills and smokers that we thought 
were important for us to review. Why we let down on our uh, our garden, decided to take a junket. Um, it, it was a, a, a something we shouldn't have done, and uh, we uh, we backed out of it. So I want to make an argument against that mindset because I think, and again, just my personal opinion, of course, this is your website and business and you're going to do what you want to see fit. But if if everything is out for public consumption, if you say, however, uh-huh. however you're going to review it through word, uh-huh. through video, through audio podcast, blah, 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 you say right up front, hey, so-and-so manufacturing took up our expenses to fly out. Everybody agreed uh-huh. to the testing policy. This is the testing policy. We were left alone. They answered questions only when we had them, but otherwise it was as a sanitary as a condition that you can possibly get at. Other than they picked up my expenses, I don't have a problem with that. Well, and in fact, we did say that in the review. But, you know, um, I think since we review so many products um, and we've just hired Rick Brown to add to our team of reviewers, um, our credibility is really important. And we just decided that um, you're right. I mean, I think if we had said to people, Hey, this is what we did, um, and and Nixon paid for it. I don't think it would have undercut our credibility, but I think that the appearance of conflict of interest is just as bad as the fact of conflict of interest. And you know, we had never done it before, and we just decided we're not going to do it again, and we just don't want ever anybody to question our integrity, and so we backed out of it, and uh, we're. Uh, we actually wrote the policy, and now we won't do it again. And uh, I think that sets us apart. I think that sets us above um, other websites and magazines and publications who do product reviews. I mean, that's what Consumer Reports does. They they don't uh, they don't take junkets, uh, uh, and neither do we. And so you know, it was a, a decision we should have made before the Mixon case came up. And uh, you, uh, your conversation with Max brought it out in the open and uh, uh, made me feel like we need a policy on this. Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com joining us here as he does the second Tuesday of every month. Meathead, one of the things that you kind of were pumping me up about, and I don't know if they're just widely available where you were at that point uh, with the green chili, and especially the green chili cheeseburgers, mm-hmm. Is that a widely available thing? Is that a New Mexico thing? Because you were doing a, a demo with Harry Sue at like Angel Fire or something or other, but you really pumped me up with the green chili cheeseburgers. Yeah. Um, Angel Fire Resort is in northern New Mexico, um, and it's just this little valley that you can only get to on a windy two lane highway. It's a ski resort. And, you know, these ski resorts are always looking to do stuff during the off season to attract people. And they had a wine and food festival and they had Harry and me out there to do some cooking demos and, uh, uh, mix and mingle. And it was a lot of fun. And it's harvest season for the hatch chilies in New Mexico now. And hatch Valley is in, uh, lower Mexico, New Mexico. And they have this variety of chili called the Hatch Chili. And there's several sub-varieties. They're kind of like Anaheim's. Um, but uh, if you say that in New Mexico, they'll shoot you. <laughs> right. um, um, and, and what they love to do with them is they um, 
put them on cheeseburgers. And there's a variety of techniques. One technique is you just take the hatch chili, slit it open, pull out the seeds and stem, and throw it on a flat top or a frying pan and just kind of soften it and lay it on the hamburger. And the, then you put the cheese on top and uh, melt the cheese, and there's your green chili cheeseburger. But most places chop up the green chilies and make a salsa out of it. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's onion and garlic and all kinds of other stuff. These hatched chilies have a little bit of heat. They're not as hot as a serrano, not as hot as a jalapeno, maybe more like a poblano. There's just a very gentle heat. When you cook it, it diffuses the heat even more. Um, So it's mildly spicy. Um, But I'll tell you, these green chili cheeseburgers with the salsa are all over New Mexico, and they're delicious. It is just a really good topping for a cheeseburger. And uh, I've had them before, but never been in New Mexico during harvest season, and so I must have been there, I think I was down there for about a week. I must have eaten seven or eight green chili cheeseburgers by different producers, all done differently, um, and all delicious. uh, there, there, there was a little place called Santa Fe Bites. It used to be Bobcat Bites, and it was pretty famous for their green chili cheeseburgers. And there was also the Owl, which is another face, place famous for their green chili cheeseburgers. And they were really delicious. And uh, I've got the recipe up on AmazingRibs.com. And uh, if you can find hatched chilies in the store now, and I just heard from a reader who says he's in Syracuse and he saw them in the hmm. store. Go out and get a hatch chili uh, or two or three and use my recipe for green chili cheeseburgers. And it is a lot of fun. It's a really nice taste. It really works with the cheese and the burger. Meathead, let me ask you a quick Facebook question before I let you go. And I always appreciate the time. This one is coming in from Steve. And he wants to know what your take on outdoor griddles like the Blackstone are. Good good accessories? Ah. Yeah, um, I have not cooked with the Blackstone. I think Max may have one, um, uh, but I have a big cast iron um, griddle from Lodge, and I'll throw it on my gas grill, and they're great. Um, uh, There are just some things that really work well in a griddle, like pancakes and stuff like that, but um, you can do... uh, We do a salmon. We were in... Portland, Oregon a few years ago and stumbled into a street fair and tasted this dish up there and loved it. And what I'll do is I'll take uh, a salmon fillet, put it meat side down and get it golden. And then you flip it and get the skin crispy and then serve it on top of a salad. So you've got this hot salmon on a cold salad. It's wonderful. I have, I have the technique on the website and we I actually did a video of this um, with a with a griddle um, uh, on an Engelbrecht, which is a uh, charcoal or log burner. Uh, you don't have to do it on a, uh, just a gas grill. And uh, there are a lot of things that are good on a griddle or a frying pan. And one of the nice things is, is you can put smoke in the air so you can bring a little smoke flavor to the party. Or um, it's like... Um, you know, you know, you often go to a restaurant and they give you a piece of fish that they start in a frying pan on top of the stove, and then they put the pan in the oven, and it's it, it, it's they call it um, uh, you know uh, 
it's a pan fry and then an oven bake. Um, well, on a grill, you can do both steps at once. You just close the lid, sear it, lift the lid, flip it, close the lid, sear it, and you've uh, you've seared and baked at the same time. Hmm. It's a great, great technique. Um, so you can do it in a cast iron pan. You can do it on a, on a griddle. Um, or the Blackstone, I guess, is a standalone griddle, which is, you know, like what you would get at Joe's Bar and Grill. Um, it's a, uh, a flat top. One last question before I let you go. This one is from the American Royal Open Grand Champion Blaine Hunter from Porky hey, Butts yeah. Barbecue. Congratulations. That's right. Uh, best way to cook pork steak? Well, I mean, I, I like to grill them. I mean, I, the, the, the key to a pork steak or a pork chop or even what they call country ribs, which is a chop, really, yeah. is don't overcook them. I mean, 140 is my target temp. Um, if you've, uh, USDA has now said 145 is, is permissible. Um, it used to be in the 170s. There, there, there's not um, a problem with trichinosis anymore. Mm. Um, and USDA is finally awakened to this. Um, if you've never had a little pink in your pork, you're, you don't know what you're missing. And so I like to grill them, um, and I like to grill them hot and uh, pull it off around 140. And uh, they're really tender and juicy that way. You know, as well as anybody, if you overcook a pork loin, mm. you, you got cardboard. Do you, have I ever told you that my in-laws have a special cooking method? Ever told you about it? The, the this pat- sounds familiar. The patented triple cook method. Let me enlighten you. <clears throat> yeah, let's hear it. <clears throat> Part one of triple cook, parboil. Anything. Oh, dear. Okay. Part two, then put it on the grill. That's where you add the barbecue sauce to make barbecue. Mm-hmm. And then the third part, just to make sure it's cooked all the way through, run it through the microwave. Oh, you're kidding. It's a patented triple cook <laughs> process that you can only find at my in-law's house. Oh, but I think, I, I, I truly think, I don't know how much my father-in-law has to do with it, more than my mother-in-law steering that ship, that, that she was brought up in a house where foodborne illness and sickness was so concerning and worried yeah. about that everything had to be cooked until it literally evaporated no matter what it was. Well, that's my house. I mean, you, you, you recall I'm married to a uh, food safety expert, so we're, <laughs> we're not allowed to screw around with safety at our house. So. Well, you might want <laughs> to... It sounds like your in-laws are way off the deep end, though. <laughs> yeah, you might want to avail your wife to the patented triple-cook process and get her take yeah, on it. Yeah, no doubt. Right. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn joins me here the second Tuesday of every month. He is now neck deep into a new cookbook that we'll be tracking progress on. And as always, Meathead, I always appreciate the time. Oh, Greg, always good to talk to you. And sorry I'm not uh, in front of my computer as usual, but uh, that fried chicken dinner was uh, really good. Can't miss fried chicken. That's what I always say. No, I love that stuff. All right. There he is, Meathead Golden. Love Meathead, right? Absolutely. So that's uh, AmazingRibs.com is his website. If you would like to check him out, Meathead Goldwyn.
only the most powerful. Look at that. That was the wrong cut. There we go. Um, quickly checking the score of the Indians game. Oh, look at that. Just one again. 20 in a row. Here we go. How about that? Unbelievable. The tribe is on a roll, folks. The likes you have never seen. Get on the bandwagon now because it could end. Well, it will end the first time that they lose. <laughs> Two to nothing tonight against a Corey Kluber gem, as always. Oh, five hitter. I don't know how much of a gem it is. But a no, uh, but a no scorey, no scorer. Shut up. Big Papa Smoker is the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to make a better outdoor cook of you and everyone around you, right? Whether you're in the backyard or a competition pro, they have everything that you need. For instance... Their championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow are all proven winners on the competition circuit. And in the backyard, Big Papa Smokers offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Whether you're cooking to impress judges or grilling for the family, Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubs and seasonings don't disappoint. Pick up a bottle today at BigPapaSmokers.com. If you're looking to improve the flavor of your competition barbecue recipes, Big Papa Smokers has combined forces with fellow rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what is now known as the West Coast Offense. They're also the proud owner of award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone? Granny's traditional yet powerful flavors that remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. If you are a backyard barbecue enthusiast and you're looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M-Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Not sure what kind of grill or rub or sauce that you need? You can't go wrong with any of the items at BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook. Check out their website today and shop their full selection. It's clear that BigPapaSmokers.com, the place to go for all things barbecue, Every product featured on their website has been hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Boost your skills from the help of Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. 877-828-0727 is the number to call or visit B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-Smokers.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. Hey, if you're looking for pellets to fire pellet-driven cookers, I only suggest Cooking Pellets, the number one source for wood pellets to drive all your pellet-driven cookers. 
You can visit cookapellets.com to purchase or for more information. You can also buy from Amazon.com. Download the app, the Cooking Pellets app, and they will alert you on great shipping deals. Uh, they also have the brand new flavors, the wine, the Applejack pellet that was just recently released a handful of weeks ago that we talked to Chris Becker about the last time he was on. Come on. Get it going with cookingpellets.com. All right, thanks again to Meathead Goldwyn for joining me the last two segments. We talked in-depth about the new book that he's got coming out, Meathead, The Art of Barbecue and Grilling. This one promises to have a whole bunch of fusion stuff included in it. German and Italian mashed together. French and Chinese mashed together. Icelandic and Caribbean flavors mashed together. You name it, Meathead will probably try and get after it. He's got a new ghost writer or a new co-writer to help him. 2020 is the target date. Or as uh, John Dawson might say, 2025. <laughs> see you in 15 years, Meathead, with a book. We'll see you next month on the show. Again, Meathead's website is AmazingRibs.com. Check out that website for the new junket policy just recently authored and posted. We talked about that, too. I'm going to step away and refill my water and revel in a tribe victory for two minutes. I suggest you do the same or just refresh your beverage, whatever that is. And we'll be back with more of the Barbecue Central Show in two minutes. Stick around. Be right back. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Shabono. It's all about the Shabono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard, folks. You have found the Barbecue Central Show. It is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. I mentioned it in the first hour. I want to mention it right here in the second hour, especially for the podcasters. If you are going to be around the Hartville, Ohio area this coming Saturday, that's the 16th of September, I will be hosting the Hartville Hardware Grill Fest. There's going to be at least three different cooking demonstrations starting at 10 a.m. Danielle Bennett, a.k.a. DBQ, will be there doing a whole bunch of pork stuff. I believe she's going to be doing a pork burnt ends. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be talking about that while she's doing it. 
questions from the crowd. The live watching gallery will be encouraged. I will also ask insightful questions to make sure that I am being a complete thorn in the side to all of the talent that will be there. And the best part is they have, I think, a 3,000 square foot, 30,000 square foot, whatever. It's one of the other grill zone that has all the different grill manufacturers, all the accessories, accoutrements. They have experts on hand. They're going to have package deals going on all day. I will be there until at least 4 o'clock or so, perhaps later enjoying a ice-cold Coca-Cola after the fact. So if you're going to be around, and Hartville, while very conservative in nature, it's the home of the largest hardware store in the country. So if you are somebody that really enjoys hardware stores, uh, that is not me. From a handyman standpoint, from the grill guy standpoint, I love Hartville Hardware. Plus, they have an outdoor burn center that's really awesome. I should give classes there. That's what I think. Shouldn't I give classes there? I should be, I guess. So if you're going to be around town, check it out. Say hi. I don't know exactly how I'll be running back and forth. There's a chicken competition that some centralites are going to be taking part in. My main man, John Solberg, is going to be... John, what are you going to be cooking on? Did you Traeger it, Green Mountain Grill, or Summit? They have three different... This is how my oldest daughter used to hold up for three fingers. They have three different cookers. I think it was 10 each. 10 Big Green Eggs, 10 Traegers, 10 Weber Gassers. They give you three whole chickens to prepare. Then you have a turn-in box and all that other stuff, so... I didn't really feel like competing this weekend. It just so happens I got lucky where they asked me to host, so I'd rather do that than compete and get my head kicked in again. So, like I said, if you're going to be around town, hit me up. It should be a fun day. Who doesn't want to meet DivaQ if you have the chance and you're around the greater Cleveland metropolitan area or Pittsburgh? The National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Sam's Club rolled into Kansas City, Missouri this past weekend. A local qualifier that sends the top six teams to the Endmond, Oklahoma Regional Final. And the top teams moving on. What does that smell like? What does that smell like? Does that smell? Wait a second. I might be wrong, but that smells like show karma to me because coming in first place or grand champion, as we call it here on this show with a 699.3, Travis Clark and the Clark Crew Barbecue Team. For those of you keeping score, that's two wins in as many weekends. I don't know if you can say it's back-to-back because technically he won the Invitational, then didn't win the Open. Blaine Hunter won that. So I don't know if that's technically back-to-back, but it's two wins in as many weekends. In normal situations, that would be back-to-back wins. But I think because he competed in the Open, that you can't. You know, I heard something. I don't know if this is true or not. And for those of you that are in the know on the competition side, especially steeped in the American Royal thing, if you compete in the Invitational, and I had heard this from a fairly reputable source that if you cook on the invitational side and then you don't turn around and cook in the open side, you are somehow blackballed. Is that true? I don't want to be salacious reporter here, but has anybody else heard that? I mean, wow. If that's the case, talk about 
turning the screws. I mean, you're already there, right? Everybody loves to go back-to-back at the Royal. But if there's some type of a underhanded punishment because an invitational team would decide not to cook the open, it shouldn't be their choice. Sorry, I got off track. Travis Clark wins two in as many weeks, just shy of 700. So another win for Travis. Reserve Grand Champion Dirt Road Barbecue with a 687. So not only was it just barely missing 700, but geez, running away with it, 12 points, almost 12 points to the tooth between first and second. Third place, When Pigs Die. Fourth place, Burnt at Both Ends. Fifth place, maybe I could say Barbecue Legend. He would probably disagree, but I think he is. Kelly Wirtz, Four Legs Up Barbecue. Shout out to Kelly. And rounding out the top six, moving on to the Edmond, Oklahoma Regional Final, Brickhead Barbecue with a 683. So between one and six was 16 points. Wow. Pretty much between two and six was really close. Four points, and then Travis bucked out uh, ahead of everybody. You must cook the open. They used to allow invite only, but now they have changed it, and your source is correct. Whoa. Jeez Louise. Never let it be said that my reporting sources don't have their ear and pulse uh, fingers firmly on the ground and pulse of the barbecue community. The next National Pro Barbecue Tour event takes place this coming weekend. Madison, Wisconsin. It's a regional final, so good luck to everybody competing there. Good luck. Top 10 moving on to Bentonville later. Let me mention this because I... I I'm not going to say that it got lost because of what happened over the weekend, and I don't think anybody would say that it would got lost, but I just want to make sure that I mention here it on this show because there have been a number of Barbecue Central shows that have appeared on September 11th, post-2001. Uh, yesterday was September 11th, 2001. Uh, was September 11th, sorry. 16 years ago. Terrorists flew planes into our buildings and killed thousands of innocent people. And to say 16 years now, it seems like a lifetime ago when you talk about the length of time that has transpired between September 11, 2001, September 11, 2017. But I refuse to sanitize. I refuse to not talk about it in the most brutal of terms. And maybe that isn't what everybody else wants to hear. And that's not what anybody else wants to tell their kids so they know about it. But I will refuse to let people forget about what happened. On September 11, 2001, and if directly affected you in some way, obviously you're never going to forget about it. But I am under no confusion that the further you get away from stuff, the further it gets away from people's minds and how bad it was. And I, we're not going to sanitize it here on this show for as long as I do this show. I will not let people forget about it or somehow think that it wasn't as bad as it actually was. 
don't forget about how you felt on September 11, 2001. Don't forget about what happened that day. Don't forget about what kind of subhumans decided to hijack our planes and do what they did to us because they hate the United States and our way of life. So they killed 3,000 of our people, our citizens, U.S. people. And I will not be a party to having my kids or anybody that I talk to about it talk about how people were jumping out of buildings that were on fire below them because that was a better option than staying in the building. Jumping to a certain death was a better option. We will not forget on the show. Not here. Not my watch. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the... One of my favorite sponsors of the show, I might add. And I'm not just saying that because he's in the chat room. It's Butcher Barbecue. I was just having a lively conversation with neighbor Desmond as we were telling people about grilling oil and how much we both love. Now, truth be told, I am a butter flavor fan. It's my favorite flavor of the three. Desmond is a Chipotle slash steakhouse guy to the teeth. If he had a supply of that, I don't know if I could rip it out of his hands if I needed what we really like about grilling oil, and it's, I think it's one of the best things about it. I don't even can't even come up with a word. Shelf stable, which means it can stay right out on the countertop. It's not going to go bad. It's not going to go rancid. And the benefit of that is that it is not out of sight, out of mind. I say that each and every week, but here's what I mean. Some of the other stuff you can keep in your cabinet, but once you open it up, you use it because it's part of the recipe. Then you have to close it up because it's refrigerate after opening. So now you put it in there, and then a couple days later, it gets moved a little bit further back because kids are stacking stuff up in it. A few days later, it's moved a little bit further back than that, so on and so forth. And now you, you don't see, you don't have that visual reference to remind you that, hey, I like this the last time. I'm going to use it again. Or now that you see it all the time, like you do with grilling oil, you're going to start to get a little crazy. You're going to start throwing it on top of popcorn or maybe putting it on some ice cream or using it in any dish that calls for some type of a flavoring oil. Or maybe it doesn't call for a flavoring oil at all. You just want to start throwing it in stuff and seeing what happens. Putting it on water. We're going to cook spaghetti. Who knows? The ways you can use it are limitless. And if you want to add butter flavor or chipotle flavor or a steakhouse flavor to any type of protein, the grilling oil is the way to go. It's not a pungent, aggressive flavor. You can build the layers of flavor. Okay? Come on. Now, before the end of the read, I just want to make sure that Dave knows... That you need to give me the name of your favorite pizza place in Chandler, Oklahoma, and we'll make good on the bet. 
Because I don't know if anybody noticed or not, Ohio State decided to not show up. Get that big stuff out of here. Truth be told, Ohio State, not that good. The quarterback, not that good. The team, not that good. Oklahoma, good. That's what happens when you get your ass kicked. You buy pizza for guys in Oklahoma. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back this summer. Smithfield has partnered with the Ultimate Names in Grilling to bring you amazing prizes. All you have to do is get grilling. Just grill, share, and score at smithfieldgetgrilling.com. That's smithfieldgetgrilling.com. Check out the website. See what the theme of the day is. Grill it up. Share it up. You could win five grand if you need it. My first guest in the second hour has to be right up there with the likes of a Stephen Reichlin when it comes to TV shows and writing books. Most recently, he was hired, as Meathead just said, as the full-time product tester at AmazingRibs.com. For the past few weeks or so, he has been at Tex- in Texas sorry, to be a part of the Operation Barbecue Relief effort post-Hurricane Harvey. Here to recount his time and tell us what he's doing as a first-timer to the show and someone who I've actually wanted to have on the show for years. Let's race to the hotline and welcome in Rick Brown. Rick, how are you, buddy? Good evening. How are you guys? Absolutely fabulous, Rick. Appreciate you making time for us. And I guess before we uh, talk a little bit more in depth about the Operation Barbecue Relief slash uh, Amazing Ribs assignment that you were doing, um, a little bit, if we can even do it, a little bit of background about yourself and how you got into this whole crazy barbecue world. Well, I got into it, uh, and it is a crazy world. I got into it uh, as a photojournalist when uh, Travel Holiday Magazine gave me an assignment to go to uh, Kansas City and do pictures of Kansas City for an article. And I discovered, lo and behold, organized barbecue. And uh, teamed up with the author of that article, and I said to him, let's do a book, because this is a whole subculture of uh, barbecuers that uh, are going around the country. (coughs) That led us to the first book, Barbecue America, which led to a second book and a series on public television for seven years, where the first five years we traveled around the U.S. The last two years we went to 26 countries around the world. And, you know, personal appearances and appearances on Regis and Today and Good Morning America and all those kind of things. So, And I've been a judge at uh, most of the major barbecue events. And really, if you scratch me, uh, my blood runs barbecue sauce. So uh, it's been a big part of my life and will continue uh, with this new position with Amazing Ribs. Uh, Meathead and I go way back. Um, We almost have parallel careers, which is kind of funny. And actually, we even look quite similar. So um, I look forward to having some fun with this new gig and uh, getting back to a lot more involvement in barbecue and, and the people that I love in barbecue who are some of the greatest people on earth. 
Rick, when you were originally getting into this, you were writing the books, you were doing that first run of shows, and you look at where the state and industry of barbecue is present day 2017, what are some of the biggest changes or advances or things that you have seen over its evolution? Oh, my God, it's, un- it's phenomenal. I mean, when I started, there were something like 300 barbecue events. Now, um, there are hundreds and hundreds of barbecue events. I mean, there's, there's, there's got to be one every weekend somewhere in the United States, and more than likely 20 or 30 every weekend all over the United States. One of the biggest changes is when I started out, uh, first of all, nobody knew much about the barbecue circuit, and I have to say, I credit my uh, my show, my journey around the country, and letting people know about these crazy events where everybody barbecued. But barbecue used to be a purview of the South. Everybody said, "Oh, you only get good barbecue down in Memphis or Arkansas or Alabama or Georgia," and that was pretty much true for a number of years. But I warrant you right now, you can get as good a barbecue in Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Denver. Los Angeles, Chicago, Maine, as you can in Memphis or Kansas City or the other bastions of real barbecue. Rick Brown joining me here on the show, talking a little bit about his history in barbecue before we get to the Operation Barbecue Relief stuff. Rick, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you've also been given a, or is it bestowed, or however it is, this uh, PHB. Yes, sir. That's uh, it's it's kind of funny, but it's one of the proudest things I've ever had. Uh, Carolyn Wells and and Paul Kirk and uh, Remus Powers, uh, aka Artie Davis, were part of a group of people that, when I was running my Barbecue America show, uh, <clears throat> told me that they were going to make me a, an honorary Doctor of Barbecue with the PHP. Actually, it's a Doctor of Barbecue Philosophy of all things. And it was a great honor. I think there are something like 35 of us in the world who have that title. Um, It's really special to me. I mean, it's really sort of a meaningless thing that uh, Grease House University awarded me this honorarily. (laughs) But to somebody who's in barbecue and has a passion for barbecue, I mean, it's, it's Academy Award. It's an Emmy it's, uh, you know, get to skate around the rink with the Stanley Cup. It's really the heights of our business. And it means that they were recognizing me for my contributions to barbecue. Because I really, ever since I started this, I wanted people around the country to know first about the competitions that they too could compete and have fun and maybe win some prize money, but just have some great experiences. But also, how barbecue is for everybody. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention, you asked me about changes. Mm-hmm. When I started, um, I don't think there were very many women teams at all. Now, there's a whole pile of women teams, and they are good. They're as good as any good old southern boy team. They've won the uh, Jack Daniels. They've won the Royal. They've won you know major contests all over the United States. So not only is barbecue equalizing as far as regional, but also families and women are getting more and more involved in it, and they can take us down anytime they want. From a competition standpoint, Rick, are you surprised at 
I don't want to paint with too broad of a stroke, but there does seem to be a perception now that in order to be highly competitive, you have to take all these barbecue classes, uh, but perhaps more importantly, you also need a certain kind of barbecue pit and you need to cook with these kind of meats versus these kind of meats. And it's really uh, driven a perception of cost that is now having to be incurred or expenses having to be incurred in order to be even thought of as a potential contender on a weekend event where I would imagine it probably wasn't like that when you had originally started. Rick? Rick? Hello? Hello? Uh-oh. And that was a great question, too, by the way. Best question. Hello? Rick? No Rick. What the hell happened there? Let me check this out. All right. Let's try it again. We're going to do it live. Your call has been forwarded Uh-oh. to an automatic voice message system. Oh, the mailbox belonging to... Uh-oh. Don't say that. This is what happens when you do it live. We'll do it live. That's right. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. That's what happens when you do it live, Bill. You get mad. You start throwing it around, all that stuff. Oof. He's out in Washington, I think. Is it Washington? Hope we don't go back to voicemail. The worst. I don't know what happened. Well, you just disappeared. It's the beauty. <laughs> it's the beauty of the internet. Um, where did I leave yeah. off potentially? I was talking about the women being involved, and you would ask me about the the equipment and the classes, and the you know you want to use Kobe beef yeah. in your brisket, and yeah. uh, and I have to agree, I don't like that. <clears throat> I I watched two gals from Seattle win several events at the Jack Daniels using basically Brinkman's and very simple barbecues. I don't like the thought process being that you have to have a $20,000 rig to be able to win Memphis in May or a category at the American Royal. I, I like pure barbecue. In fact, Dave Anderson and I, at one point said we would love to start a contest where you were given a bag of charcoal, you were given steaks, uh, you couldn't use rubs, you couldn't use sauces other than accompany the meat but not on it. An old-fashioned barbecue where you, you couldn't use these big fancy uh, devices, you couldn't inject the meat, you just cook good food and the best-tasting food wins a, a prize. Because I think there is a lot of emphasis. I mean, you go to one of the major events, and you see rigs that, you know, you and I couldn't possibly afford. They're they're basically uh, trailer rigs with a kitchen, stainless steel kitchen, and three or four big, huge barbecue uh, pits. Um, it just kind of bothers me. I, I'd like it to be a little simpler at some some things, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Rick Brown joining me here on the show. Uh, Rick, from a business standpoint, you're the new official products tester or whatever the the proper title is with AmazingRibs.com. But uh, briefly, what are you going to be doing with Meathead and what can we expect from you going forward there? Well, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff together. My official title is Director of Product Reviews. Now, 
Uh, Max is our, our top guy with uh, the reviews of smokers and grills. I may occasionally be doing those, but, you know, when we're talking about um, all the stuff that's uh, out there, I mean, there's temperature control. We're talking about all these fancy things. There's temperature control devices and that hook up to your computer and hook up to your cell phone and will tell you when your meat is done and you can check the temperature on it. There's grill lights that are incredible. Right now, I'm in the process of testing coolers. Now, we're not talking about an old uh, igloo cooler you <laughs> haul around in your backyard. We're talking about 350 and $400 coolers yeah. that are guaranteed to keep ice ice for, you know, up to seven days. Um, there's thermometers. There's grilled gloves. There's grilled grates. There's you know, charcoal lighters and, and thermometers and just amazing variety of gear that uh, the barbecue world has available to it. And one of the things I want to do is make sure that um, only the best stuff that we thoroughly test gets out there. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not fair to just throw something out and say, well, here it is. These are really good. These are really good. Um, when we evaluate something on AmazingRibs.com, we really evaluate it. I've got a list of 20 different aspects of a cooler that we're going to be testing in order to tell people what we think are a couple of the best coolers in the country. And just to make sure everybody knows, our reviews have nothing to do with advertising. We don't allow people to pay for play. We review it, and we tell them that we're going to review it honestly. And if, if you don't like the review, I'm sorry, but we're going to be honest about it because our, our loyalty is to the uh, people that visit the website and the pitmasters uh, club people. We've got to be honest and true because our credibility is that's all we got. Rick Brown joining me here on the show. Uh, so we look forward to some of the reviews you're going to be posting here at AmazingRibs.com coming up. Uh, the other thing that I want to talk to you about this evening was Operation Barbecue Relief, and you were actually kind of an embedded reporter via AmazingRibs.com uh, down in Texas. Uh, talk to me about what you were seeing down there, what you were doing down there, and your thoughts of what you saw and how people were getting along. Well, I have to tell you that I've been a supporter for OBR, uh, Operation Barbecue Relief, for years. When I was the editor of the ill-fated Barbecue America magazine, I gave them full-page ads for free. Um, it is uh, just astounding uh, what, what they've done. I mean, these folks went down there early in the week, and in seven days, and you won't believe these numbers, in seven days, uh, they cooked 360,000 meals for people in Houston. And that's not putting something together like some of the other services who gave you a peanut butter sandwich and a bag of chips, some of the other agencies. This is pulled pork, sliced pork loin, um, sliced turkey, uh, baked beans, fresh carrots, fresh corn. It was gourmet meals. And the meat, I tried the pulled pork and some other things, and it would have placed in some of the barbecue contests. So here's people getting, uh, who have nothing, whose houses were wiped out. 
block after block of their furniture piled uh, in front of their home that's mm. going to be thrown out. And they get a hot meal, and I tell you what, they just thought it was awesome. They thanked the, the cooks many, many times and the people who delivered the food. And the, the people that are, were doing this work, I tell you what, they were amazing. Started out at 4 in the morning and often would work till 9, 10 at night, cooking hundreds of pounds of meat, lots of side dishes, getting organized. And come Thursday, when we were going to be, uh, Friday was going to be our last meal, um, people were already heading off to Florida. So it's a wonderful organization, and I would suggest that anybody that wants to donate money or product to an association that does real hard work, they don't have executives that live in million-dollar homes, They all the money that comes into OBR goes to the organization to get equipment and gear and food to help in these uh, disaster situations. From your evaluation, Rick, how did where you were at look from a, a physical standpoint? Was it pretty decimated? Well, it was decimated. The biggest, I didn't get down there while the streets were still flooded. I could not make it that quickly, but <clears throat> here's the situation. You have entire neighborhoods that have never had a flood in 30 years that water was up to eight feet in their houses. People had to be rescued uh, with boats and kayaks. And the problem is, is the water that went into their houses, some of it came from sewer drainage Mm -hmm. and other things. It's contaminated water. Uh, One story sticks out. This guy told me that he had water two inches deep in his house, a beautiful home, but it was only two inches deep. But because everybody was uh, evacuated from this neighborhood, he didn't get back for three days. And in three days, the mold and the the bacteria uh, had crept up the walls, and he had to destroy the entire bottom of his house. And again, everybody is completely taking everything out of the first floor of their house. There's huge piles of refrigerators and vacuums and stereos and couches and chairs and children's toys and clothing that they just have to throw out. So, And this is going to be for months. This isn't something that's going to be cleared up because the rain is gone. I mean, these people have to completely redo their houses. Um, where do they eat in the meantime? Yeah. Where do they get their food? It was It was an astounding. I've been in the news business for over 40 years, and it's the most astounding thing I've ever seen, the rapidity of this flooding and the, um, the actions of the OBR people to selfishly or selflessly come down, give up their time, spend 16, 17, 18 hours a day cooking for people they, they never know, so they'll never meet them, and just make sure they had good, solid food so to, to keep them sustained. Rick, I appreciate the reporting on that. Uh, we're talking with Rick Brown from AmazingRibs.com, but, of course, you know him from Barbecue America and uh, all the books, of course. Uh, Rick, really appreciate the time this evening. Thanks so much for doing it. My, my thank you to you, and, and I can't emphasize enough, if people want to help in Florida or Texas, 
throw your dollars toward Operation Barbecue Relief uh, because these people deserve it and the people that they serve deserve it. And uh, wish everybody good health and uh, lots of great barbecue. Thanks, Rick. Take care. Rick Brown, legend, right there, talking about his time that he helped Operation Barbecue Relief over the last few weeks. So, uh, well, I mean, that story you just told that just kind of slaps you in the face. And then, of course, so you know, we're barely talking about what happened in Florida because it's just so recent. Uh, and I don't even know if anybody has the full scope on what Irma did. Uh, was it a... Was it as bad as everybody was talking about? Was it more of a miss than a hit? It was big. It was big. Wow. More to come on that next week as Operation Barbecue Relief starts to uh, infiltrate there and work their magic. And I agree with Rick. If you have the ability to help out, OperationBarbecueRelief.org is the place to go. All right, I'm going to talk to you about the pit barrel cooker. Folks, here's the deal. If you're looking for something that does not have a huge footprint, the pit barrel cooker might be something that you're looking for. If you're looking for something that isn't a only stick burner kind of a fuel source need, pit barrel cooker might be something you want to consider. If you like working with the consistency of charcoal and you like cutting up wood chunks to add smoke flavor, Pit Barrel Cooker's right up your alley. And if you're looking for something that is budget-friendly, but because it's not as expensive as some of the other stuff, but has a tremendous amount of food capacity because you're switching it up a little bit, sure, the Pit Barrel Cooker comes with grill grates, hinged grill grates, mind you. Or you can do it traditionally, lay it down on the grill grate, and away you go. I would recommend that stuff for if you're going to do, like, steaks or burgers, hot dogs, chicken wangs, all these kind of things. But if you're going to go barbecue, especially ribs, for $299, this thing ships for free right to your door. It's already put together. You can cook on it right away. You can hook eight racks of ribs in this thing, and they are done in a great amount of time. It's not all day long. One little vent adjustment on the bottom is all you have to make and it is totally dependent on how high above sea level you are. And then you just tighten it up. You don't have to make any vent adjustments. And once you get it started, you put in the rod, you hang your meat or you lay the meat down on the grill, put the top on and away you go. Plus, if you want to get some of those extra accessories like charcoal chimneys, they got one that's cut just for the pit barrel cooker. They have all the rubs that you need, all the stainless steel shakers for the rubs that you need, pit grips, turkey hangers, a full supply of barbecue accessories that really complete your pit barrel cooking experience. And again, for $299, the capacity on this thing is second to none, so easy to use, moist, delicious food each and every time. Go to pitbarrelcooker.com, that's pitbarrelcooker.com, and check out what everybody's talking about. You might even want to buy two or three. Again, shipping's free. Come on. We're back with Bill West to talk about electric cookers. Stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by the National Pro Barbecue Tour, presented by Sam's Club, 31 cities, 500 G's in cash. Eternal bragging rights if you win the whole thing. Have I wet your whistle enough? Have I piqued your interest? This weekend, the 2017 Pro Barbecue Tour rolls into Madison, Wisconsin for the regional final, as I mentioned at the top of the second hour. To get more info on the tour or to check results, you can visit kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. All right, helping me close the show tonight and doing it in kind of a last-minute fashion, and we'll leave it at that, is an avid backyard barbecue and grilling guy, one of the co-hosts of Great TV, which aired on Outdoor Cooking Channel when it was a thing. If you are being honest with yourself, Centralites, when you hear the words electric smoker, you probably look down your nose a little bit at that group, and for no good reason. So let's help dispel some of those myths when it comes to electric cookers with the author of a brand new cookbook called, aptly titled, The Complete Electric Smoker Cookbook. I am talking about first-timer of the show, Bill West. Billy, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. Good to talk to you. Absolutely a pleasure to talk with you. I'm sorry? I heard you talking about the pit barrel. Like my thing is, I love all different kinds of cooking. I've got cookers. I've never met really many cookers I don't like. But uh, um, I started digging the just the simplicity of the electric stuff. My first little smoker was an electric smoker, and that got me got me hooked on that. But I've done all the stick burners and all, and pellet cookers, and uh, I love it all. But uh, I figured I'd focusing on one little thing and for this book and have had a lot of fun doing it. Bill, before we plug in <clears throat> to the electric portion book, a little background about you, like what's your deal with live fire cooking and grilling? You just somebody who's been around it? Did you pick it up a little bit later in life? What's the deal? Yeah, definitely. I picked it up probably, uh, probably early 2000s, and then I moved here to Charleston. I heard you talking about the storms a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, moved to Charleston, and it's like, this is really more than any place. I was in Augusta and Savannah, but more than anywhere else, like, there's a ton of barbecue across South Carolina. I ran into uh, and got to know Jack Waybor real well yeah. and started uh, the the podcast, Great TV, and you know, hopefully we'll start churning out some more episodes of that one of these days. But uh, just got into competition a little bit and really found out that I liked the uh, I liked either judging or just uh, just cooking more than the competing side, but still totally love like the 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 information and the and and the sport of barbecue. Just never could find like the time to do it. So my nine to five real world job is radio. So I run a bunch of radio stations here in Charleston, mainly uh, country music side of things, and. Um, uh, that keeps me pretty busy nine to five during the week. So it was really hard getting a, a full Friday off, maybe to go out to uh, compete too many times in a year. So I started doing a little bit of judging like that. And uh, uh, right now I'm just uh, doing the blog barbecue tricks.com and writing, uh, writing this book. 
Bill, you had mentioned that you had used a number of other cookers and that you like a lot of other cookers. There's you know, really no uh, segregation for you. You're a lover of all of them, but you uh, particularly have an affinity for the electric smoker. Is it just because of ease of use and good product that it turns out, or is there something else that you like about the electric smokers? Pretty much the simplicity, ease of use. And the first one I got, I found like a $20, I think that was a Brinkman kettle smoker with uh, you plug in, it's got one setting. And I learned on that and I turned out some great ribs and just it is as good as anything else I'd had. And since then I've stepped up and although I don't classify the Traegers as an electric smoker since they're pellets and they're just a little bit different. Um, there's a lot of things I love about the Traeger, maybe even more so than uh, electric smokers. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just the simplicity. They're really like one of the only cookers that you should be able to take your attention off of to uh, cut the yard or do some other things at the same time. Although I don't think any of the manuals on any of these uh, smokers say that you can do that. They don't suggest it, but even with the electric smokers, I think that's the, the one you can come, uh, you can be most comfortable uh, multitasking and doing other stuff with. Kind of that set it and forget it mentality. Do you think, Bill, that the electric smoker community as a whole kind of gets a down the nose look or uh, gets cast aside a little bit by what some of these people would classify themselves as traditionalists? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think all the all the true blue uh, charcoal and stick burner barbecue guys like their thing. I don't know so many of these guys. I don't know that anybody's too serious about it. And I just think there's a ton of backyarders that are maybe way less into it than some of us are and uh, just want something easy to be able to get that good flavor too. So, you know, uh, maybe some people do look down their nose at it that are charcoal purists, but um, I don't, I think the, the electric world is just a consumer world and they're, it's, they're not quite as focused on it as everybody else. All right, Bill, so let's talk about the cookbook. And again, the title of this book is called The Complete Electric Smoker Cookbook. And uh, Bill hosts barbecuetricks.com as well if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Is this something that you were just like, hey, I want to put together a book about recipes that are strictly driven for the electric smoker? Or was there something else behind that? Yeah, you know, I, I did. I totally did the 100% self-published a, a first book, uh, Barbecue Blueprint, and had some fun with that. And got a call a couple months after that came out, and someone looking for uh, looking for, to do a electric smoker book. And actually, just like I told you, I've always had a real affinity for um, the electric. My first little smoker was electric, so I thought, man, this might be like right up my alley. And you know, smoking a lot of the smoking techniques are pretty consistent across recipes. So I had a lot of smoking recipes already and just uh, adapting to the electric smoker, which is not really adapting much, just keeping it low and slow. The only thing different with, you know, the one thing I do do love about the Traeger is you can get it up to a higher temperature of 350, I think even up to 450, uh, and, and really do some higher heat things in a Traeger, which, I, like I said, I love. 
but uh, the electric smoker is a lot harder to screw things up and uh, uh, just keeps it easy. So that's uh, why I like it. And actually, to me, it was a fairly easy way to uh, uh, categorize some recipes because it's really just low and slow, low and slow recipes. So I tried to find, I've got a bunch of them. I do a lot of videos on the, on, on the YouTube channel and barbecue tricks. So I have a lot um, that I've always liked doing. I just posted a video for like chicken pops where you pull out the tendons and uh, you make little chicken lollipops. And uh, I like to do some different fatties and those are great on electric smoker and done some different videos on that as well. So just stacked them up and put them in the book. And, you know, pretty much I've been really, really happy with the ease of the electric smoker. And, um, and I was actually, when I started digging and doing some research, amazed at how many different brand brands mm-hmm. have different electric smokers out and how many, they're trying to pump a lot of technology into them now with the, uh, Bluetooth connectors and, Whereas I would think normally I would love the all the different high tech options, I kind of like just the simple set the temperature <laughs> and uh, let it go. Yeah. You know, it's just easy. I have a smokette that my dad sent me uh, about a month or two ago, and I never had an electric smoker. Of course, Cookshack is one of the premier manufacturers of electric cookers, like strictly electric. And man, I mean, it is literally plug it in, set the temperature, and away it goes. It looks kind of like a little mini refrigerator that I had in college, but the thing performs really well. It's very efficient, and it turns out great product. I mean, you can't beat it. Right, you're gonna the flavor is 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 super. So yeah, even you know, I could definitely argue uh, hours and hours longer for electric smokers than gas grills because you got you know you got some smoke flavor going. Is there a favorite recipe or two that you have in the book, Bill? Um, there's a, I really like the, there's a couple that I came up with. The Greek fatty is one that mm. I, I did a video for just the other day. And it's just, it's kind of like a, a fatty, but uh, with all the Euro components. So um, that was just something different I tried and, and came up with and thought, wow, that really worked out well. But that, and I like the chicken pops. And, uh, um, and a lot of those things, the recipes here are, the the basics as well like a a brisket and uh tri-tip type things so uh and beef jerky so uh but some of the unusual stuff like uh like the greek fatty is is one that I, I i like out of the book from a navigation standpoint when you buy the book how does it lay out from when you start to when you finish is it appetizers first and then mains in the middle and desserts at the end or how did you work that Actually, I did like almost a third of it is like electric smoking, smoking basics. And then I get into each different meat. We've got, uh, you know, beef, pork, chicken, and then I go to some different unusual type meats and not super exotic, just things like quail and uh, there's a fish and seafood. So mainly the different uh, meats, but I do have a whole section on not your everyday stuff, which would be, um, and duck is not that uncommon, but it's not every day for guys like me and <laughs> alligator appetizers and venison steaks, some different unusual stuff and some desserts in there as well. But the meats and then then some unusual stuff. Are you a fan of, of venison? Do you like the taste of that? I'm okay with it. I don't have it very often, but 
it's it's not my favorite. Um, I, if I were to say my favorite, it's I'm I'm beef. By the way, have you been down to Charleston? Uh, no, never. Um, we have become, and it's uh, <laughs> this has become a great barbecue city. We've got uh, Scott's Barbecue not too far away in Hemingway, yeah, and he just right. opened a new place in downtown, and uh, uh, he's doing whole hog, and we've got uh, uh, Lewis Barbecue doing some world-class brisket. Like, all of a sudden, in the last year or so, it's become a really good barbecue destination. So I'm just throwing that out there for anybody to uh, uh, listening across the country. Uh, come out to Charleston. There's a lot of great barbecue here. Have you eaten at Lewis Barbecue? I watch him and follow him on a lot of social media and stuff. I've actually tried to get him on the show and have been unsuccessful at the moment. But, geez, it looks like it's the Franklin barbecue that packed up and moved Absolutely. north and east. It looks tremendous. Absolutely. I really need to go and try and grab a camera and get an interview with him. But uh, the one meal I had there was spot on, really good as far as brisket goes. He nailed it. And it looks like the layout of that place is just super fun to, like, go and hang out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, it's pretty – it was pretty, like, uh, quick service and, and simple. But, uh, yeah, they do have a more of a, a patio-like feel, too, when it's not too darn hot out in Charleston. You can sit out there and – uh, and enjoy the atmosphere a little bit. Bill yeah, West, cool play. Bill West joining me here on the show. The Complete Electric Smoker Cookbook is what we're talking about here. His website is barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, barbecuetricks.com. Uh, Bill, do you think, and we had talked briefly about competitions and what your experience has been there, but do you think that electric cookers should be allowed in competitions and not be held off in any type of their own special event, just all comers are able yeah. to have at it. No, yeah. My first, I think I did a like a unsanctioned, but they were trying to stick by KCBS rules. One of my very first competitions, and you know, I played by the rules and had a had a wood burning cooker, and uh, uh, and then like the last couple, you know, four hours beforehand, someone pulled up with a. It was a gas grill, and mm-hmm. you know, I filed a complaint against it. It was just, it was an ugly situation. But no, I mean, you get the rules are the rules, and I don't think that the electric smokers are really right for that. Traeger, I think the Traegers officially are uh, are okay oh, yeah. under most rules yep. because they're uh, officially wood. Right. But, uh, and, and that's cool. Um, but uh, full electric, so. I like the Traeger because it's a little bit of a trick in that regard too. You get to you get to you know, use some of the benefits of a big toy like that. But yeah, no, I mean almost the electric smokers are are a little bit too easy. So I do like a little you know having to having to work with a little bit of wood when you're in a competition. So that's part of the kind of tradition of that stuff. Bill, most important question: Where can you get the book, and how much is it? Hey, thank you. Um, the book is gonna be. Seventeen ninety nine when it comes out, it's on Amazon right now for pre order for like eleven bucks. And if people do want to go and pre order, I got it doesn't come out officially till the twenty sixth, but you can pre order it now and get me your like receipt information. I've got a thing set up at barbecuetricks.com. I've done a bonus chapter you can only get with mm-hmm. pre order. I did a couple of extra videos there at barbecuetricks.com and some cheat sheet stuff that are just pre order bonuses. That uh, again, it's like eleven bucks for pre-order right now, so good deal. And 
I've worked hard on some bonus stuff too for that. So I'd love for people to take advantage of it. Get the receipt when you get the pre-order, send it over to Bill, and then he'll hook you up with the cool backdoor free stuff if you yeah, yeah, go ahead and a, make that jump. There's a little form up. There's a little form on the uh, on barbecuetricks.com cool. that'll come up. But I also did, I just put on Facebook, just for like people listening here today on, the, on Barbecue Central, I'll, I'll leave it up for about a week since I'm sure people will catch the replay. Uh, just comment. I put it up. Uh, uh, I'm going to do a, a drawing for a free copy for you guys. So just oh, let me know you listened. Make a comment, and end of the week, I'll pull a name out and mail you one of the hard copy books. All right. That sounds great. Again, the name of the book, and we're not judging here because I like electric smokers, and so <laughs> does Bill, is the Complete Electric Smoker Cookbook. The website, barbecuetricks.com. It's Bill West. Bill, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Greg. There he is, Bill West. Great TV. If you've never seen great TV, you can uh, all guests on the Barbecue Central show appear via the Smithfield Hotline on OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Believe it or not, there's all sorts of uh, that's. I don't know if that's originally where it was supposed to be, but they were airing it on OutdoorCookingChannel.com. So if you've never seen that show, Jack Waybor, who is a South Carolina barbecue champion. Great, great cook. Live fire cook. He's been on Pitmasters before with Michael McDearman, so check it out over at OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Cookshack manufactures smoker ovens. Wow, look at this. We're going to be talking about uh, partially electric here. Cookshack, they manufacture smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you backyard, whether you cook in the backyard, on the competition circuit, in a five-star dining facility, Cookshack has the unit that will do the job and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cookshack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Morin. The FEC 100, PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and a grill, low and slow or hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. By the way, as we were just talking about with Bill West, Cookshack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Here's the deal. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698 or visit Cookshack.com. We're back to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Bill West for joining me and talking about the complete cookbook of a, the complete electric cooker cookbook. The complete electric smoker cookbook. Sorry. BarbecueTricks.com. B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E. BarbecueTricks.com. As he had said, you go to Amazon. You can pre-order. The official release isn't until the 26th. But if you pre-order now, you can save $7, so it's going to be about an $18 book. You can do it for $11 on the pre-order, get the receipt, go to barbecuetricks.com, and then there is a form to fill out on that website where you can get an extra bonus chapter and some bonus videos, but you have to pre-order first. And you can go to uh, Bill's Facebook page and comment there. He'll run it through the rest of the week, and then he will pick a... Winner by random to get a hard copy cover of the book as well. So if you're into electric cookers like I am, I mean, I'm into all cookers like Bill is. But I'm especially digging the electric cooker recently, and I'm going to be checking it out. All right, let's boogie on out. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Meathead Goldwyn, AmazingRibs.com. Second hour, we talked with first time to the show, Rick Brown, legend of barbecue. His background, and of course, Operation Barbecue Relief, and then we close the show with Bill West tonight. Big show planned for next week, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. <laughs>